0: If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the transition where we demystify the entrepreneur experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or are looking to make the transition from the military and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of the bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the bunker labs branding team. Before I highlight today's guest for the show, I just want to take a moment and give you all some words of encouragement. No matter how challenging your venture may seem, I want you to know that you've got this and to keep staying in the fight. You might feel like you don't know what you're doing and that you're just making it up as you go along, and I'm here to tell you that we've all been there. To be honest, I'm still there. Even as I'm sitting in my podcast studio recording this intro for you all, I'm still trying to figure out the right systems and processes for managing and growing my businesses, Ironbound Media and ironbound boxing. I don't quite have it right yet, but because I managed to stay in the fight going on three plus years now, I've learned to trust myself and you will too. So again, you've got this. But enough about me. You're not here to listen to me blabble on and on. You're here to listen to the amazing guests I'm able to source from within the Bunker Labs network, like Jason Kavnis, founder and CEO of Kavnis HR, an early stage tech company that delivers HR to US companies with fewer than 50 people by automating the hr process while maintaining that human touch jason is a bunker labs og and seattle veteran residence alumni where he currently carries the bunker labs flag for the record i freaking love jason and here's why jason doesn't fit your stereotypical startup founder mold he's a 53 year old retired army hr officer who transitioned from the military after 25 years of service with virtually no tech background or startup experience. Like many of us leaving the service behind, Jason wanted something fulfilling where he could keep serving in his own unique way. After relocating to Washington State along with his wife and family, Jason caught the startup bug, spending time at networking events and working for a startup before he decided to take the leap and launch his own. Despite being older than most of today's typical startup founders, He's not letting his age slow him down. He's taking advantage of every accelerator and incubator opportunity within the veteran ecosystem. He also hosts his own podcast, The Jason Kavnis Experience, where he talks to small business owners, founders, and other interesting people. Jason is committed to making Kavnis HR a success, living up to his motto of be great every day. And as of the release of this episode on April 1st until April 28th, 2021, Kavnis HR is in the midst of a crowdfund. If you're interested in investing in Cavnish HR or know someone else who might be, visit their website, Cavnishhr.com to learn more. Before we hear from Jason, i also like to take a moment to acknowledge our sponsors for today's show, the MetLife Foundation, and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, the foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, my hope is that Jason's transparency and vulnerability empower you to overcome your own challenges as you continue to accelerate on your entrepreneurial journey. Jason, welcome to the platform. What's going on, man?
1: Mike, thanks for having me on here. I really appreciate it, man. It's it's been a great honor to talk to you finally and get this, you know, good episode out in the the public.
0: Yeah, I got to tell on myself to the audience. Uh, Me and Jason were actually supposed to do this interview the day prior, but I was in the entrepreneurial hustle and I told Jason, I was in my seat from literally 8 a.m. in the morning until like six o'clock in the evening. And I actually missed his interview and had to reschedule. But uh, he's a trooper and was able to uh, jump on with us because it's important. You got some exciting stuff that I think our audience is gonna uh, get to hear about. Yes, yes. So Jason, take a moment to introduce yourself to everyone.
1: So my name's Jason Kabnis. I'd like to say I'm INFJ, retired Army officer, disabled Army officer. I'd like to say INFJ, because. My or Meyer Briggs, only one to three percent of the world is INFJ, right? So think of us as like being an introvert, introvert, right? Like, you know, most introverts like introverted, but us, we actually like to speak in public, those kind of things. Like, we're kind of off the norm, but only supposedly, you know, if you listen to Meyer Briggs expert, only one percent of us are out there, right? So we kind of think differently, do things differently. Spent 25 years in the army, uh, eight years enlisted, 17 years uh, officer, was what what they call the editor general officer, basically, it's an HR officer. Um, have a master's in human relations from Oklahoma, Oklahoma University, HR certified, um, born and raised in the great state of Texas, you know, and I, you know, just generally, I try to, you know, like I say, I, I try to be great every day, uh, add value and help solve problems the best I can.
0: That's a great mantra to live by. Where, uh, where you, say, you said you're from the great state of Texas? Yes. And how did you end up in Washington state?
1: So this is a great story, which I, I admit I don't really like sometimes, so I, was, I retired back in 2015, me and my wife, both from Texas, same hometown, whatever. And the plan is always retire, go back to Texas, right? So a year before we were supposed to retire, I told the wife, hey, you know, like, we got a year left. We, we need to put five disciples, so we can move back to, like, my people in Texas, your people, best job. She looked at me and said, oh, I forgot to tell you. I like it here. We're not going nowhere. So, yeah, there's that, right? And, and then if I was thinking with my... My oldest, my oldest daughter had already moved to Texas. She's got a little bit kind of older. My other two kids, we moved to, uh, uh, the Fort Lewis, then Fort Lewis area, they were in the ninth and seventh grade. So this is home to them. Right. And they're not, even when you walk to Texas, they're probably not going anywhere. Right. So like I like to say, I'm stuck here. I know maybe we those way worse places to be in the Seattle, Washington area, but to me, it would never be home.
0: Got it. Understood. Understood. So Jason's talking to us, y'all. He's got the sound panels behind him. Is that your podcast studio?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do the uh, podcast studio in the, in the VIR space. So some background are, are the, before we moved here, we were building a building called in 1411 4th Avenue here in Seattle. And me and a guy named Bernard Edwards, a former VR member. And actually uh, Mike, you and Bernard both belong to the same fraternity. So I got to connect you with him later on. We convinced that we were people there to give us like a, almost like a 200 square foot office for podcast. Studio. We are like, we are like, you know, really pimped out, so to speak. Right. Well, about two months ago, they closed that building and moved us here. So now I'm in space like half the size, right? I'm trying to make it work. But yeah, we are like the paneling, like the Joe Rogan equipment, like the the whole nine yards, right? And the 10 is like, of course, most podcasts are like, you know, like this, like Zoom, whatever. But I do a lot of in-person podcasts for like entrepreneurs and investors in the Seattle area. So it's an opportunity for like talking them one-on-one. And I kind of like showcase the Bunker Labs VR space and like highlight the people in here. So that's like, like a... Um, 2 edge sword, like, you know, you know, all of course, i talk talking about my company, talking about myself also. Like, hey, here we are doing a Bunker Labs and try to, like, to bring more um, visibility to it, so to speak, is in uh, intent.
0: Yeah, that's great, man. You're a Bunker Labs OG like me. You've been around a while. That's why I had to yeah. get you on the podcast. We've been going back and forth. And now I feel bad because Jason was all set up in the podcast studio yesterday. And he was like, Mike, I'm logging in the squad <laughs> It ain't working. Where are you at? But uh, like, like I said, he's a trooper and a team player, and we're here today, and that's what matters. So Jason, I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna change it up a little bit, y'all. I'm gonna ask Jason to tell us a, a personal and a professional win uh, for the week.
1: So a personal win, and this actually kept maybe a couple weeks ago, and I had nothing to do with this, but you know, I'm a big believer taking credit for what other people do, but I had my first grandchild born on February 25th. So that's a big personal win, right? Congratulations. That's, thanks. And professional win, um, so on this Tuesday, so um, there's a guy named Devin Miltzer. Like, he's a big-time coach. He owns a company called Marketing One with Warren Moon. He's a business advisor, Gary Vaynerchuk. While well, he has a TV show called Two Man Pitch that shows on Bloomberg TV and Amazon Prime Video, I'm going to be on that TV show on Tuesday, and it's going to show in June.
0: Congratulations, man. You're getting after it. Y'all, if y'all don't follow Jason on social media, my man's got a podcast. He's doing blog posts. He's getting it. Jason, how many people are in your company?
1: Oh man, it's it's not that many. It's, it's a small team, you know. Um, yeah, me and a couple other people. It's always and one thing like we're talking about later. We're talking about the grind of like having a startup. Like, you no know, people are always talking about, as a founder. You know, you know, it's a short time amount. Well, first of all, as a you know, as a founder, you got to convince people to come work for you, right? And like, you might say, hey, you know, John Brown, I'm gonna give you X amount of equity in the company, right? Well, to me, that's the same as saying, well, John Brown. See that pot of gold in the rainbow, I'm going to give it to you, right? It's probably not going to happen. So how do you convince people to do that, right? And most people, in they believe in your vision, being your dream, whatever the case may be being, so some they got to pay bills, right? If you ever raise funds or you know, whatever, pretty much six months a year, they're going to leave, right? And so it's always like a constant, and you, and you can't take a personally if people leave, right? I mean, they have a reason to leave, right? You just got to you know, take it and you know, keep on growing your company, I think
0: yeah that's definitely one of the challenges of being an entrepreneur you know i call i'm a small business owner i don't got a startup you know i get out there and get uh cash flow going but for those of you that are raising money it's a whole different uh it's a whole different beast and i think it's going to tie into probably uh us taking off the armor i know when jason jumped on i said how's it going he said what did you say making the sausage something
1: yeah yeah I i have a saying um when people ask me how it's going i'll say well we're not like, you know, we all have good days and bad days. When I have a bad day, I'll say, you know what? The, 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 what's the saying? Uh, sometimes you crush it and sometimes it crushes you. As an entrepreneur, more or not, it's going gonna, it's gonna to crush you, right? Because you have so many things going on, right? So you just got to de- deal with that stuff, right? I mean, you're going you're gonna, to, you're gonna, you know, I, I don't want to use the word failure, but you're going to, you know, perform the standards. But you just got to, you know, get back in there and keep on going and going, right? You got to just go the flow, so to speak, and, and learn from mistakes and, you know, just get better.
0: Yeah. And, you know, going back to your point about other people, like you bring in a company, the, what I meant to say about the Chandra Founder is nobody's going to care about your company as much as you do, at least yes. initially. Yeah. Right. Maybe down the line, once the vision starts to come together, but early on, when it's smoke and mirrors, you know, it's like, man, you got to sell the vision.
1: And so many people get that wrong. So many people will say, like, you know, my, even if it's your co founder, right? 50 50, right? It's still not their vision, their dream right, even you're paying someone one hundred twenty five thousand a year, right It's not their vision it's not their company right, so many people get that wrong, like how can this person doesn't care like I do? They're not working late hours well, first of all, you're probably not paying enough to they're probably not invested enough to and and' there's too many people expect that,
0: yep, so Jason, let me ask you this, you mind taking off our armor for our listeners? you know, let them know something you're struggling with as a as a startup founder up there and uh washington state
1: man there's, there's so many things right like it's you know there's always what's it call it um man uh imposter syndrome right everyone suffers from it you know like i, I have people on a podcast and they're like talk about like what how how in the hell do you have imposter syndrome like you're like top of the top right but imposter syndrome is i think a big thing for everyone um like sales you know sales is a big thing i think i struggle with right um and so i, I really get uh, here's a good one for you so like People see me on, on social media, I talk in front of people, right? You know, so, you know, say all those things. So a lot of people don't know this. I didn't speak for my first six years of life, right? Didn't speak at all. And then for like six or nine, I was in speech therapy. I, I had a really bad studying program, right? And sometimes when I speak fast, I speak fast a lot because that old stuff comes back to mind, right? So I always I always like always conscious about that when I talk in front of people, right? Like, am I, might, you know, be talking, you know, funny? Am I talking fine, right? It's so always, I don't always say struggle with that, because obviously I speak in front of people and stuff like that, but it's always in the back of my mind, right? And another thing too, like I'll I'll do too, and this part of being the being the like INFJ, like of course I speak in front of bunker lab things, bunker brews, on and on, right? Or even even with podcasts, right? Even with this right here, right? So whenever I'm about to speak, I'm not scared of speaking, but like 10 minutes before, I start saying to myself, how do I get out of this, right? <laughs> you know, like. If if I don't show up, would anyone really notice, right? Like if, you know, like if spending in front of a bunker brews, I know I'm the MC, but I'll just tell, you know, Daniela Young to do this for me or Dan Cannabis, right? No one really know, right? But then once I start talking, okay, what what the hell is I scared of, right? So those those kind of things, right? Always playing in your mind. And and I I like this goes back to childhood stuff, you know, like all those kind of things.
0: I can relate because even as a three-time national boxing champion, every time I was walking my way to the box to the ring, it's like, what did I get myself into? I was like, I, I'm looking at the exit doors. I'm like, it's too late now. Uh-oh, I'm climbing up the ropes. Let me get out of here. But I know that feeling. Um, and it's funny, man. Everybody that comes on this podcast, when I ask them that question, not everyone, but a lot of people say imposter syndrome. This is like a common trend amongst entrepreneurs, people that are out there getting it. You know chasing dreams whatever um and that's why i really want to do this podcast because i feel like it's very empowering when guys like us come on here and talk about our own personal struggles with you know overcoming imposter syndrome and everything else under the sun
1: yeah like you said like you know i'm on social media i do a lot of public public speaking things i'm, I'm kind of out there right but then like people tell me oh you're doing a great job i'm thinking to myself what are you talking about? You're like, you, you obviously, I mean, you obviously don't see the back end stuff, right? All the stuff I'm struggling with, right? So it's a definite balance that you gotta do. You gotta like, I don't you gotta like so-called sell the vision, you know, the big dreams, you know, the big plan to take over the world, so to spoke, dis- disrupt this industry, do these great things on the back. Like, you know, I just got rid of my tech co-founder or I just lost potential eight customers or man, the the spouse just reminded me of the financial situation again, or like all this kind of stuff going on. right? And you got to, I don't say it's put a persona, but a positive vibe out there for everyone to see. And of course, you got to be authentic, but right? you got to tell the truth to investors and customers. Right. So there's a thing. There's a balance for that. And some people honestly don't do a good job of doing that.
0: Yeah, that negativity can keep you down. So you got to stay positive for sure. So what we're going to do, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsors, which brought us here today, which is Bunker Labs, a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs dedicated to helping the Military Connected community start their own business. We're committed to seeing that every entrepreneur in the Military Connected community has the network tools and resources they need to start their own business. 25% of transitioning service members want to start a business, and they need places inside their community where they can connect with the people, resources, and support they need. Be sure to visit our website, www.bunkerlabs.org. Also, be sure to register at Bunker Online our social network for the military connected community where Bunker Labs staff helps make connections to increase your opportunities. You can register today by clicking the connect button at BunkerLabs.org. Jason, man, talk to us about how you got connected to Bunker Labs because I love how I see you and the tribe out in uh, Washington State. Like y'all are always like supporting each other on each other's podcast. It's very powerful. And I think it speaks to the community that a lot of transitioning veterans are seeking.
1: Yeah, so I was actually to the very, very first bunker labs bunker brews here way back in the day to come and watch it. was like the place called Odd Outer Brewery, and I, I I think it was back when I just got involved with startups. I had to start my own company, and we we'll, we we'll tell that story in, in a little bit. But basically, I'm pretty sure I went to a meetup Eventbrite. it was just clicking in, like you know, entrepreneurs, you know, stuff like that. And this is a time period where I was trying to validate my idea, right? So I was trying to talk to as many people as I could about Kevin's HR, right? And back then it was a Johannes. Um, man, I can't. I can't say his last name. John is Schoenberg, I think, and Jake, they're like the co-leaders here in Bunker Labs. And back then with Bunker Labs, each city, I believe, was like its own private entity, so to speak, right? So just trying to build the community right then. And so it started back in 2015, 2016, the very first meeting, right? Back in the days, it was like, you know, they would like buy like um, buy one beer, buy two pizzas, people would tell the story. It's like very, very organic roots, so to speak.
0: Yeah, very grassroots.
1: Yes, grassroots, that's the mm-hmm. word.
0: And you've been a veteran in residence. What tribe were you part of?
1: Uh, I was the second one here in Seattle. Um, so I was the second one.
0: Yeah. How was that experience for you?
1: It, it was good. I mean, yeah, it, it was very good. It, but it, one thing I'll, I'll tell people when I talk about Bunker Labs or VIR, it's, I won't say, I won't be negative or anything, but it's a different animal, right? So if you're, for those who know what Techstars or YC Combinator is, it's pretty much rinse and repeat, right? All the companies start kind of the same. You know, they want to build a product. They got to do the pitches, many investors, and you know, and pitch and get all the money, right? With VIR, we have companies all over the spectacle, right? Like in my VIR, it was myself. I'm trying to do an HR tech company. We had a two financial people. We had someone trying to build a marijuana app. Uh, we had a, someone with a nonprofit. Another person had a drone company. Another one has a CBD cream company. And so you got know, I think there's like what Mike, there's like 30 VIRs right now. I think or something like
0: yeah, that it's all over we got a lot
1: so like we'll say 200 plus companies across the united states veteran companies and they'd be anything from an idea like i like we had one company i, I, I think i want to do a brewery, but i don't know what, what i want to do we had him in to so one company had in pat Lawson a couple of hours ago he has a he, has, he does a tax accounting for cryptocurrency companies right he raised like a total of eight million dollars right so all these different type of companies. And uh, so I'm going to take a minute to brag on the VR here in Seattle, right? And of course, I don't think we can take any like credit for any of this, this luck. But we, each VR we've had, I think on number six or seven, we have at least, we had at least one company raise $500,000 doing VR each, each VR, right? Of course, I, we, I don't think we can take any credit for it, but, you know.
0: No, nah, take the credit, man. Y'all are hustling. Yeah, you know, you, but, you, but one, one company, platform. so whatever.
1: someone comes I always say, hey, you know, I'm not going to say you're going to raise money, but at least one company raises money with us, right? Do all the connections stuff, right? But it's as you know, as like you know, "quote unquote" mentoring these people. It's it's not easy, right? Because first of all, like, how am I mentoring these people, right? I, I'm trying to figure this shit out myself, right? Am I the right person, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. It,
1: so this be me, right? I'm trying to be my own company. Do I have the time to do this, right? And you know, really give these people they deserve. But you know, like it's 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 it's, it's a challenge, right? Because everyone needs something different, right? Those you know, different industries. Like, like one person asked one time, his his company's like. Um, Basically, they want to do a food service company, right? So they ask for connections to government contracts, United States government, right? Everyone has different needs and different things. Versus your tech stars, okay, they need software developers or they need um, investment, right? With us, it's so complicated, right? It's all over the place.
0: Yeah, I think that speaks to the broader challenge of entrepreneurship in general. Um, You know, it's like you got the accelerators, you got the incubators, you got the small business, and part of it is just kind of, navigating that process, you know, but I think at our core, what we're trying to do is create an opportunity for veterans that they typically haven't had before. You know, the VR is still a relatively new concept for us in the, the veteran entrepreneur community. And I can tell you on, as part of the Bunker Labs branding team, take that credit for the, the great work that I did out in Washington state. We love to see it. Now, yeah. y'all can't see Jason, right? But Jason doesn't fit the image of a 20 year old tech startup founder with a hoodie and some flip-flops. Jason looked like he about 75 years old.
1: I, I do that, I do that hoodie though.
0: He does have a hoodie. How old are you, Jason? Uh, 53. 53, yeah. retired army, and he's a tech, a tech startup founder. So I, I wanna hear that story. I'm about to kick back, put my feet up, tell it to us.
1: Yeah, so this is, I'll tell the whole backstory. So we're getting ready to retire. um, And I, I actually, I to some of my military decisions too, I think it'd be valuable. So back in the day, the army would say, hey, go on LinkedIn, find a job. Like, what the hell is LinkedIn? What are you talking about, right? So LinkedIn figuring it out. And I was a um, retirement major. I was, you know, HR. So what I did, I got, on, I got on LinkedIn and I sent a message like 200 HR people. I knew I wanted to like work at, before my wife told me what we'll moving from Washington, I focused on finding a job in Seattle, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio areas, right? So basically I did a search for like HR directors, VPs of HR, and basically the message was, I'm paraphrasing, hey, my name is Jason Kavanis, I'm retired for 25 years. Um, I would like to talk to you about, you know, trying to transition from doing army military HR to civilian HR, right? I, I didn't ask for a job, because you shouldn't do that, you should just ask for a job, should, like try to make a conversation, build connections. So I sent out to 200 people, 50 replied. So I made 50 connections, had a great conversations, and I, and I, and I got a job from that, you know, those 50 connected to other people, right? So I want to say, like, ask people for help when you're transitioning. To get an army. People want to help you, right? Especially if you're a military veteran. And having said that, you know you got to add some kind of value. Don't just to say, you know, I serve my country. I deserve to get a job, right? You got to couch it the right way. You got to add value and help people out, right? So I was, I, I would caution against that. But I got, I got a job from that, and during the same time, this guy named Mark Ro reached out to me on LinkedIn. He said, "Hey, Jason, my name is Mark Ro. Have a startup card." Mark, Meyer, I have a star called Myron Fold. We want to help college graduates, military veterans find jobs doing skills tests. Because if you're a big believer, the resume does that really help you find a job, doesn't like put you out in the best way. Can we meet in person in Seattle and you explain to me how the Army helping you other people find jobs? Like, sure, one question for you. What the blank is a startup? Like, what? I had no clue, like, you just can't start a company. Like, companies already exist. You just can't make Amazon or Boeing or, you, you know, they, what are you talking about? So, you know, you laugh. He may explain, and he like gave me like a crash course on, on startups and like, you know, like MVP, uh, part of market fit, um, customer validation, all this kind of stuff, right? Like, I think my man, this is like pretty interesting. Like, this is, I'm intrigued by this. This is like, oh, how come I didn't know about this before, right? Of course, being in the military. And so I want to jump real fast back to VIR. Um, so, one thing VIR does, as you know, this, Mike, in the military, all of us are in a bubble, right? Like, you might be saying, some full Hood. But do you ever go to Austin and network? No. If you are Fort Lewis, you'll go to Seattle and Network? No. So a lot of veterans they get out, they want to start a company, but they don't know like, they don't know who to meet, who to talk to, right? So VR, we do our best, like bring these people in the community and like, hey, what do you need? Okay. You need Google Analytics. This person expert is good Google Analytics. Or you want to learn how to you know, start a you know a brewery, talk to these people, right? So I think we do a good job of putting people in the community, entrepreneurial community and networking with people where like, you know, Mike, you're in the military, like, you don't have time to network. You get up at 5.30, 6.00, doing PT. You know, you are work all day long. You got a family. You get up work at 6.00, 7.00, you go home. You, you don't have time to do it. And then, you know, I can't speak from the Marines like you or Mike, but in the in the Army, back when I, back when I got up, transition was kind of a joke, right? Everyone said, oh, transition, transition. Yeah, you transition, but you still got a job to do, right? So are you really transitioning? Are you really taking care of yourself? Probably not, right? So VR, one thing we definitely do a good job was like, getting people out of the bubble and inviting them and, you know, introducing them, just introducing them to people. So I'll make sure I got that point across before I forgot again.
0: Yeah. yeah no, I trust me. The first time I stepped into a WeWork, I didn't know what a WeWork was. <laughs> I was like, Oh man, this is slick. This is something new. And now it's like, it's a norm for a lot of us.
1: Exactly. So, so back to the story. And so I was really intrigued by the startup stuff. Right. And, but I'm a light bulb going on one of my head. I say, Mark, you never want to mention HR. Uh, why? Oh, HR, like, you know, that's important, but, you know, like, in a startup, we're doing product market fit, blasey, blasey, like, we don't really do HR till later on. No, like, box off. off. Hey, Mark, you know, like, I'm, I think I've got a pretty good chemistry. We're getting along pretty good. I'm very, very intrigued by the startup stuff, right? Um, I'm still transitioning, right? I know no, you don't have, any, you haven't raised any funds yet, you know, so you couldn't pay me, but how about let me uh, work for you, you know, and I can learn all this stuff and I do HR for you later on. He said, well, let me think about it, right? But you know, but me being me, I pretty much hired myself. I started going to meetings, showing up the events. You know, I hired myself pretty much, right? And uh, interesting side note, the person who was doing our design um, and the person who did our who's doing our marketing both graduated from high school. My daughter in South Korea, so that's an interesting dynamic, right? So I got it's to work. yeah, so I started working with them, right? But you know, like most jobs didn't make it, right? But the two years I was there, like I said, they did everything sort of design and code. And in that, I was to dabble, right? Like, I don't know how to sell, social media, business development. Did a lot of networking, right? Then my networking, I was like, man, none of these startups really have HR. Like, none of them. Of course, maybe a couple did. With a lot of fundraising, right? But most, most of them didn't, right? And I, I, by that, I was like, man, I want to do a startup thing. Like, this is like, really, like, this is like, you know, like, I really like this stuff, right? Because, like, some people retire from the military and, like, you know, 45, 50, they sit in their rocking chair, you know, Drink a beer, barbecue That's not me, right? I, I just can't do it, right? I'm just, I, have, I have too much focus left, right? I have too much drive, right? So maybe there's something I can do, right? So they tell you, you know, do your business research. So according to the Small Business Administration, Dunn, Bradstreet, um, Anytime Research, other like other companies like that, there's five million companies in the United States with 49 or fewer people? Um, or let me backtrack. First are startups, H4 startups. But I did a pivot to 49 or fewer because, you know, startups really have no funding. I'm not going to do this pro bono, right? So I did to 49. And we is 49 versus another number. In HR, employee number 50 kicks off like Obamacare, benefits, all this other thing, complicated stuff, right? And eventually I want to do that by right now, not now. Right? So now it's 49 or fewer. So according to SBA, it's like 5 million companies, 49 or fewer people. Most of them don't have HR. HR players like me is like 50, 80,000 per year plus benefits. You know, they can't afford that. Then you have the HR consultants who we want to put out of business because they overcharge the price and deliver on value. Most HR consultants, and there's a few good ones out there, but most of them, they'll like charge you, a small business owner, $300 an hour. And they'll say, hey, small business owner, you need to deploy handbook. Well, I mean, I know that. That's why I hired you. We can make it for me. Oh, oh no, I don't make it. for. I'm here to consult you, right? So you're telling me, you telling a small business owner who's like already struggling, they're gonna pay you $300 an hour and they have to do the work themselves? Like, come on now, that makes no sense, right? And then and we all know the large companies have horrible customer service experiences, right? And then of course, they tell you that you know, validate your idea. And, and this is how I got you know, involved with Bunker Labs. You know, I, I talked to 331 small business owners, right? Across the United States. And there's way more detail than this, but basically was when you pay for HR, it did what you wanted and it was affordable. affordable. Uh, 71, 71% said yes. 19% were kind of neutral and didn't know. And 10% said they would like never pay money for HR so It's was a waste of time, right? But based on that, I thought it was a good way to go with it, right? Um, it, it's, it's been some good things, some bad things along the way. It learned, it learned a lot, you know. Uh, one thing we've done a good job of like, I'm a big believer like a Wesley ring. I think it's really Wren You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I'm always asking people for help, always asking questions. I mean, that's how I got my, my board of advisors so we're talking about the podcast later, but um, three of my four board advisors came from being guests on the podcast first. Right, I was able to parlay that and having to be on the, be on the, be on the, be on the um, my board advisor. One of them is Todd Dean, and just like I said, I know what a startup was. Todd Dean, he's um there's an organization called Carucci Forum. That's like, a nationwide angel in, investing forum. He was a um, he started the chapter in Seattle and was a chapter president like 10, 15 years. Big time VC in the Seattle area. Semi-retired now. Now he lives in Sun Valley. He's like my fifth guest on the podcast. And he gave me a call like six months later. Hey, Jason, how's the company going? What's going on? Oh, it's going, blah, blah, blah. Who's on your board of advisors? What the blank is a board of advisors? What the hell are you talking about, right? So he explained to me, hey, Jason, you know what? I'll be your first member of the board of advisors. You don't have to give me nothing, but you know, you use me like bring other people on, right? So he's the first one. Next one is a I got named Dr. D. Anthony Moss out of San Antonio. He actually was my very first podcast guest. He's like a He's at least 20 books on entrepreneurship startups. He's like a startup marketing expert. He won an award last year in Berlin, Germany for the top marketing person in Germany. Like he's actually starting a TV show in Atlanta on Atlanta startups. Like he's on the board of advisors. Then there's Kevin Goldsmith, um, former VP of Engineering at Spotify. And I convinced him to come on, former VP, former CTO at Avo, like extensive tech experience. He's on there. And then David Mitchell on my board of advisors, too. And I convinced David to come on. Because the TV show I'm going to be on, on Tuesday, it's like a real TV now. Back in September, it was like not so like big time. I finished second on it. I was able to parlay that. Well, for when I finished second, I got a, a year of free coaching from him. I was able to take that into him speaking to the VIR. And then like doing the that relationship. I did some other things for him. And that asked me to be on my board of advisors, right? So back to the network piece. None of this would have happened without me mean, networking kind of piece, right? And I think if we're, we're honest with each other, like going back to the VR thing, if I'm honest, every success you had, every failure you've had, you can trace it back probably six, seven steps, right? Nothing you did a day, just happened, right? Like everything I've done, that's good or bad, I can trace back six, seven steps, if that makes any sense.
0: It does. Yeah. And I want to use this as a teaching moment for our listeners. A board of advisors is basically subject matter experts that you want to put together as a team. Usually they're Some of them tend to be retired. Some of them are, are, like you said, Jason's got an angel investor, but uh, typically I recommend, this is my personal opinion. If you're putting together a board of advisors, you wanna have it in certain competencies, right? So like I have a podcast production agency. So I have a, a, a guy in the space named Tom Schwab, who is a beast in podcasting, right? He's one of my advisors. I also have a business development person and I have a marketing person, right? And so you can use it as a way to cover down on some weaknesses, but basically just have this brain trust of people that you can go to and you can lean on. And typically in startups, you, know, you give up a little equity uh, to have them on as your, as your advisors, but these are kind of best practices that companies do behind the scenes that make them successful. Like Jason said, it's like you see these companies and you wonder why they're able to be successful over and over again, or these entrepreneurs, it's because they figured out the systems. You know they set up their board of advisors and make sure their HR is good and get all that dialed in. So I just wanted to plug that in there for our listeners. Yeah,
1: that's a great, great point, Mike. You definitely, you know, have your board of advisors like doing things you don't know how to go that world, right? Like 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 Kevin Goldsmith. Like I'm, I'm building a tech company, and I hate to say I'm not a tech founder because I'm pretty, I'm pretty the most tech non-tech person, you know. But you know, having Kevin Goldsmith, former VP of Spotify, on there like is like big kudos for me, right? Same with Todd Dean, and like David Meltzer is like a known entity, right? So like. So Todd Dean, like my VC investment advisor, uh, Dr. D'Anthony Miles, like the marketing sales, Kevin Goldsmith is like the tech, and David Mills like you know, like, you know, if you can get some kind of like a superstar on your board of advisors, right? Someone like, well, really, very well known. Every time I pitch, like, David Mills on your board, like how you pull that off, right? He's like, you know, you, if you can, if you have the opportunity to have someone like big name on there, right? Um, so yeah, that's that's a very, very good point, right? And it's never yeah. too early to have a board of advisors. It makes you, and one thing you'd always say, like, you know, build your team, a board advisor is part of your team, right? You've convinced, I can tell people, even had no one working for me, just an idea. I have these four big wigs, so to speak, who believe in my vision, right? I've convinced four people who are pretty well known that, you know, maybe Jason has something here, right?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm actually on a couple boards myself doing some uh, brand strategy and marketing support. But I want to ask you this, all right? So take us up to, you actually founded Canvas, Canvas HR, because You're a tech founder. Did you have to raise capital initially? Did you bootstrap the MVP, which is the minimum viable product for those of you that are new to the the startup space? Talk to us about how you actually were able to get the company off the ground.
1: Yeah, everything's been bootstrapped so far. And so I'll I'll talk about some good things and bad things about building a company. One thing I've done good, and I'll be honest, I'm kind of surprised to pull this off because I'm an introvert. But as an entrepreneur, I'll tell you, you have to put yourself out there, right? I don't care if you're shy, introverted, not like a public speak. I mean, the days of being the background CEO are way over with, right? I'm not not saying like you have to be like Gary Vaynerchuk or Joe Rogan or Elon Musk, but man, you got to get in front of a crowd and you got to get in on social media and tell people what you're trying to build, right? You got to put yourself out there over and over again, right? So I believe we've done a good job of that, right? I mean, on social media, social media had like 40,000 followers across different social media platforms. The podcast is doing well. So we've done a good job of putting ourselves out there. Like people are interested in us, right? What we struggle with, and this is like being like... Not too negative, but the struggle has been the tech piece, right? And, and a lot of it has been my fault, I'll take blame for that, right? So I first got the idea, like, man, let me, I can I can build this. I quickly learn, oh no, you can't build this, right? What are you how are you doing, right? Like, now I build a website, know what I don't want, because I I, I want to have like this, like this, this AI platform, this like future stuff. And so I found for freelancers, totally I wanted, of course, it's a different phrase, like the first phase that's a like, regular HR platform and later on like this complicated AI platform. But first that's a like, really HR platform. Totally freelanced is what I wanted. They told me what I wanted, what I needed. Of course, they built something completely different, right? So, wasted time and of money. <laughs> and then I found a local college, and, and back to networking, all that kind of stuff, I went to a network event here in, in the Seattle area called um, New, New Tech Tacoma. In the beginning, I would stand up and say, well, there's something they need, right? So, this guy stood up and hey, I'm a software developer, a software developer teacher at a local company, a local college. I'm looking for products for my students. So I got hooked up with them, but they're like freshmen sophomores, eight weeks. Basically built on landing page, right? So it got to me, Jason, I know you're disappointed, wasn't it you know, wasn't what we expected, but I'll, I want you to do the capstone with us next semester. So the capstone was six months long, and this was the story gonna go back and forth. Capstone was like six months long, four students, 40 hours a week. So basically six months to 40 hours a week, right? And they had to pass to graduate. Well, at the same time frame, um, through Bunker Labs, I got connected with the um, a, a, a software guy out of Georgia. He was in the Air Force, and so this guy he was with me, with me for a year. When we first started out. He said, "Hey, Jason, let me build this up. What you need is pretty simple, you know." I said, "No, no, Joe. Like you know, uh, you got this stuff going on. You know, full time job. I want you to do this, your teach our right. Let the interns build it, and you just fix it, whatever, right?" And so, big mistake on my part. So, but fine, I finally got figured it out like three or four months later, these interns somehow were doing less than the original interns, right? And it was just a complete mess, right? And so I finally got smart and told my guy, hey, can you build off for me? I made a mistake. You know, he said I had no problem. And so this guy, he was with me for a year. The year is with me, he, two, two months in Georgia, two months in Silicon Valley, two months in um Kuwait, two months in Boston. So he's building it. About two months later, he said, hey, Jason, man, I hate to do this to you. I really believe what you're doing. And not to talk about politics, but President Trump had, I think it was called Space Force, right? A lot of people don't know this. There's a thing called, called Space Camp out of Colorado Springs, which is a software development arm of Space Force. My guy got put in charge of that. So he got put in charge of 200 developers. And his boss's boss's boss was the Secretary of Defense. So obviously, he has no time for a startup, right? So he leaves, right? And he worked, like say I said, worked for two months. But however common, he didn't build the right product. So like example, if you have $10,000, you're not going to build for a Knox. He built for a Knox. Don't me wrong. If I get like 10,000 customers, I already have what I need, right? But well, it was nowhere near MVP level. It was complicated, all that kind of stuff, right? But I, I definitely learned a lot. And then after that, a good friend of mine here in the Seattle area, he had his own startup. I think he got acquired. He worked for another company. Kind of got laid off, you know. He said, "Hey Jason, I really like your grind. Let me come work for you a couple of months." You know, I made him a co-founder, grinding it out. Two months later, says, "Hey Jason, my wife's really like like really to me right now. I got I got a good job, right? It's, Don't worry about it. I'm getting a junior developer job. No big deal, right? I still have plenty of time for you, right?" Month later, you're like, "Jason, man, I, I, I hate to do this to you, but you know the job I had. Yeah, well." They're about to make me the senior architecture, some kind of big level CTO, like head of, like head of the everything at the company, right? It's like more than I ever imagined. And my wife is going to have twins. So, you know, he left, right? And then I found out. That I went to a software development company and they did a great job. Right? got to 50% of what I needed. Well, a software development company, outsource tech, like you're never the focus, right? You're never the focus, right? Sometimes 10 hours, 20 hours. And it's, yeah, it's just a, but they did some like, they got me what I needed to do, right? I could decide I just got a prototype, I could have strong customers. Then last year I got hooked up with this little guy. I mean, like technically he's like ten out of ten, right? Built some great products, do some great things. I made him a co founder, but he just didn't work out right. He's like it just it wasn't it wasn't a good fit. He just like he just I do not go to details, but I said I got him for a long time ago, right? And now I'm about to be hooked with another guy, another tech guy out of Las Vegas. And actually some he's actually Mario Mitchell. He um for those who don't know, Mario Mitchell, he's a bunker lab sealer out of Las Vegas. And hopefully this, this is public knowledge, but he just raised like a, quite a bit of money to start his own coding academy in Las Vegas. So I'm linking up with him for the tech piece. But the tech piece has been a challenge, right? Like, And I might be overconfident, but I've always been telling people, as soon as I have the platform, I can easily get customers, right? Can I have like five paying customers right now, which I'm doing like old school copy and paste. <laughs> Basically, I'm, I'm being like an a customer on these five people, right? I, I, hate, to, I hate to say. Have an agreement with a, a, a co-working space out of Richmond, California, Bay Area, called Kobe's Worker Space. They have like 90 companies when the platform is done. All the companies are gonna come on the platform. So I, I, like I said, I could be overconfident. And you know, people would all say "Tom, I'm gonna buy your stuff. Well, are they really gonna buy it? You never know. But I'm pretty confident I, I, I will be able to pull it off, right? But it's, it's and then like you said, balance it, all right? You know, Another challenge is entrepreneurship. Everyone will tell you, you have to do sales. You have to do marketing. And the most important thing is finance. The most important thing is, you know, whatever the case may be, right? Um, someone wrote an article on Medium a long time ago, um, and it, it had a, what you're supposed to do every day. And it said, I assume you get eight hours of sleep. It had 16 things to do, things to do one hour a day, right? But like, can you really you know, work in your product one hour a day? Probably not. Can you like network an hour a day? Probably not, right? So all these things you have to do. And On top of that, you're like, if you have people to work for, you got to, you know, take care of them, listen to them if you're, even if you're not married, you got family, hopefully you family, some kind of friends, right? You got to do stuff with them, right? All these like, uh, not contradictory um, items on you, you got to balance all that, right? And it's, you know, it's not, it's not easy.
0: You know what I'd found out to help me uh, deal with that? There's a book by a guy named Peter Drucker called The Effective Executive. And he said, executive's sole purpose is because you're always going to have stuff to do. Right, we're like you're military officer, so we get it. But waking up each day and saying, "How can I be the most effective today? Like, what are the one or two things that I'm going to do today that are going to move this venture up the hill?" Maybe today it's replacing your CTO, you know. Maybe tomorrow it's closing the sales account. But it's always this constant battle of us as entrepreneurs are trying to like (laughs) we just get hit over the head all day long. And I appreciate you sharing that. And one of the things, too, I, I'm so happy you're on here as like a boot tra- bootstrapped, you know, tech founder is understanding what it means to start a tech company, you know? And one of the things that I, I learned over time was that you really need a, a technical co-founder, right? Somebody to build the product and someone to sell the product. And then you start building out the other aspects of it. And it sounds like you came into it trying to do it all initially. <laughs> but now you're learning because you're getting feedback and we're growing. And so you're saying terms like medium, you know, we're talking in the tech space now, but that wasn't us like what, four or five years no, ago?
1: No, Medium, is it like the people like tell like uh, futures and stuff like that, uh, uh, Yeah, medium?
0: medium? Yeah, medium is where all the tech people go write blogs. It's like where they write their blog articles and stuff. So, um, but that's good, man. So where are we at now with Kevin SHR? What's the future hold and how are you handling COVID?
1: Man, so COVID, it, it's, it really affected you that much, you know, because um, like we want to be a, Kevin said, so we want to be a remote, like a remote, diverse, transparent company, right? Remote being like, you know, like the Seattle area is really expensive here, so why, you know, just hire people in Seattle? Um, transparent, because I want to be honest as possible to people being be with out there. I'll say transparent with the exception, like I'm not going to tell anyone people's salaries, right? I'll say like, you know, John Brown gets paid between 70000 and 80000 Having said that, we all know employees tell each other what they get paid, right? And then diverse because just you know, and a lot of people say diverse because first of all, diverse means many things, right? I mean, it's all across the board. But stats are over and over again if you have a diverse company, I mean, just the business, the business model for diverse is just off the chart, right? It just, it's proven over and over again if your company is diverse, you're gonna you're gonna probably do better versus like being the same company, right? Yeah. And, and one thing I'll say too, uh, off the subject a little bit. Like, you know, being an entrepreneur is not easy. We we're talking about, you know, like the stats, like 90% fail. There's always this failure. You're not going to make a blast, blasty. Failure is be all around you, right? I would say expect success. Be, expect to be successful, right? And sometimes, like, fantasize, right? Like, sometimes I'll, I'll you know, drive home. I'm like, man, I had a bad day, but, you know, what would I do if I raised a million dollars, right? What do I do if this happened, right? You just got to fantasize sometimes, like, these good things are going to happen to you, right? You got to put yourself in know, the mindset these things just run the corner like i did this i did that how like and, and that's the challenge too right what if you did get that money right like what if i did raise a million dollars am i gonna blow it am i gonna go to vegas you know like i, I mean you know, what's the saying no more money more problems right That that's yep. a lot of responsibility because as a you know raising money no one's gonna give you money just like give you money They're, they expect results they expect stuff right and that's a, another set of problems and you gotta you know Usually you raise money, you got to have a board of directors. They're going to tell you what to do. You lose control of your company. So that's another step. But I would definitely say expect success, you know, and, and like sometimes fantasize. Like, you know, dream big, you know. Maybe you're like, I have a saying. I, I think I said this earlier, you know, sometimes you crush it. Sometimes it crushes you, right? A lot of times it's going to crush you. And those days happens. You're going to be down sometimes. Things don't work out. You lose a customer. Or whatever the case may be, you just, okay, you know what? I, I'm doing the right thing. I have a good vision. People believe in me. I am going to raise this. I am going to get 100 customers. Sometimes you got to, you know, expect success, as I like to
0: say. You got to be your biggest fan. You know, me and you are both alone in the office. I'm in my podcast studio. Jason's at the WeWork by himself podcasting. And this is the the life of of entrepreneurs in the early stage. It ain't the glamour that people see on TV. Now, I want to ask you this, Jason, because you're a little bit older. I kind of get the experience when you walk into these tech scenes. People probably assume you're some kind of venture capitalist. Right, they're like, "Oh, this guy is going." So, but in all seriousness, like, how have you been received by the tech community? Do they, you know, when they find out that you're a tech founder and that you're you're launching this platform?
1: Pretty well, but I take that part where I worked with tears at uh, at My Unfold, right? Mark Moreau, he interested me in a lot of people. I did a networking there, so I'm I'm like I mean I'm not a known entity, but people like know who I am in Seattle, right? So it's not like I just got out of the army on Monday and Tuesday, say, "Hey, I'm Jason Cabot, I'm raising money," right? I kind of built up the community, built up the network, put myself out there, like. I mean, if there was a networking opportunity, I was there. Right, Monday through Friday, I was there. I talked to people, right, introducing people, you know. And and one thing too, like adding value. One thing I would do too, um, in it, it a book, of they kind of networking event, I would like post on to like um, we say a startup ground event here in Seattle. I would make sure I would introduce myself to the MC if I could find out who MC was like the day before. My name's Jason Kevs. Blah blah blah. I have this LinkedIn trick, and I share it, right. And so he introduced me. And the LinkedIn trick was they took it for the reason LinkedIn took it off. But you, you can't, well, you can't see my phone. But before on the phone, you go on LinkedIn and click nearby, and everyone nearby on LinkedIn will pop up, right? And I would say, of course, I would do a hey, don't, don't spam anyone, but here's like make these connections after the case, right? And so everyone knew here's JC added some value, and I would like put in like a little bit about me, right? And so I always try to add some kind of value. Yeah, but definitely I don't know. I didn't like I said, i always I didn't cold turkey. I kind of built myself up, if that makes any sense.
0: It does. It does. Now I want to ask you this because I'm trying to, you know, really get into the psychographics of us as veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses. Right. This is very hard, you know what we're doing. But there's also this sense of meaning and purpose that we find. Like you look still I joke about your age, but you look young and bright. You look hip. You know, you're not just sitting on, you know, got your campaign cover head on your couch, you know, sitting on your couch at home. You're out here getting it. And so I want to ask you, what is it about entrepreneurship? That you think is good for transitioning veterans and military spouses?
1: Yeah. So before that, let's go back to what you were saying about this, not, this being hard, right? Like, uh, Augury is hard, it's not easy, difficult. But when you think about it, all of the military have probably made very, very harder decisions, had to do harder things that were entrepreneurship, right? Like, you're, like, when I hear, like, we'll say, like, I hate to use the term Savine, but like, we see entrepreneurs say, this is so hard. but I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but you know, is it harder than being homeless? Is it harder than being like, you know, telling someone's mother their kid got killed in a combat mission? Is it harder than like, you know, you know, your life, your, your, your lifelong dog dying? Is it harder than your mother died from cancer? Is it really harder than that? And I'll push back and tell people, don't be wrong. It's hard. And I you know. I don't want to like say it's not hard. But if being an entrepreneur is the hardest thing you've done in your life, I would say you probably live a pretty bit less life, right? So I'll, I'll just caveat with that. Now, as far as what veterans get entrepreneurship, like we talked in the pre-talk, the military trains you so great about entrepreneur, right? I mean, just the fact in the military, you know, get knocked down 10 times, get 11 times, right? The resiliency, the, the doing the best you can, believing in people. Uh, one thing the military doesn't need to get enough credit for is our cultural diversity, right? Like I've worked with people from Puerto Rico, Haiti, the Philippines, different backgrounds, different cultures. You know, so there's that aspect, right? And the other thing about the military, like the military has the better rep of like, um, I, you know, I guess from, of course, from TV, I'm, I'm a, you know, certain rank, you'll do what I say, right? And it's not really like that in the military, right? It's like, don't be wrong. There's leaders like that, they usually fail, right? Most leaders, great ones, like, we need to do this, well, how do you want to do this? It's like real collaborative. Don't be wrong, the military, is a case where you got to be, okay, I take input, we got to do it like this. I know you, do, you don't agree with it, we got to do it like this, right? So that's part two. I uh, saw so that's a big help of entrepreneurship, and, and just the fact like you know, and it, most people who join the military, I'll do it because they ha- they want meaning and the life. They want to do something, something big and serve others. Same with entrepreneurship, like right? you usually don't start a company because you want to make money. I mean, some people do, but usually those companies fail, right? Like entrepreneurs, I want to make a million dollars. I'll I'll do and some of the crazy, right? If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you got to be something that you love, you have a passion for, right? Because like you, like I said you're going to get your teeth kicked in a lot, right? You're going to get ignored. You're going to say no a lot. People going to say your, like, your idea is dumb or like, what? Like a thousand other companies do this, right? And so um, the military does a good job, I think, of like teaching resiliency, teaching you how to come back and, and just teaching you how to be... Another thing the military does, like confidence, right? They teach you to be confident. Another thing I don't think people know about the military, from like the youngest ranks, the E4 and above, like even the lowest ranks, we put people in front of, different crowds to say, hey, specialist, you know, John Brown, you're going to give a teacher a class on this in a week. You better know your stuff because you're going to be teaching people ranking, rank right? You better know the stuff, right? We go a job of getting people in front of crowds and make them lead and stuff like that. So the Army and the military in general, I think does a great job doing little development, professional development, which I think you need as an um, entrepreneur because you got to convince people to join your team, right? You got to get in front of people and say, hey, join my company because X, Y, Z, right?
0: no it really is a leadership practice i feel like um it's just very empowering right once you can trade water once you figure out how to trade water you know and you get better you get better at it you survive a little longer start making some money you start figuring things out you know it, it it's it's just it really is just leadership once again after survival it's all about leadership so as we wrap up here jason i want you do you have any good books or podcasts you recommend uh, people check out yes
1: yeah, so i have a podcast i'm listening to recently it's Sort of entrepreneurship, but um, there's a guy named Lex Friedman. It's L E X F R I D M A podcast. He's like an AI guy out of, of Silicon Valley. He does a lot of AI, step deep learning. He's about to start a startup. Uh, he's been on Joe Rogan podcast a few times, but well, he talks about deep learning, machine learning, entrepreneurship. I mean, the whole nine yards. I mean, he's had some great guests on there, so I definitely recommend him. It's something like it's not total entrepreneurship, but entrepreneurship. Entrepreneur, I think sometimes you got to you know do different things right, and like he he. He has an interesting podcast.
0: While you have our listeners ear, right? We got veterans and military spouse entrepreneurs. Some of them have our early stage. Some of them are in the hustle and in the fight. What closing remarks would you like to leave with them um, as they continue their entrepreneurial journey?
1: So this is not for entrepreneurs, but anybody out there, right? We all have something we want to do, right? It's either like, you know, learn a new skill, um, run a marathon, maybe go skydiving, maybe take that trip start a company, like, and we all, a lot of us, like, you know, it's not the right time. I don't have this set up. It's not right. I need more stuff, you know, maybe tomorrow. Just get started. Right. Like, what's that saying? You don't climb a mountain by going straight to the top. You got to take small steps. Right. You don't eat of elephant by, you know, eating a whole, you got to take small bites. I, I was saying, this, this got started. Right. Like when I started my podcast, I had like, man, a, um, a, 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 a generic microphone and that was it. Right. Uh, it was was, like no it was hard it's horrible right but uh, i got started you have to get started like and you have to put yourself get started put yourself out there uh, out there
0: well jason it's a pleasure uh getting you on the platform we're excited to have you in the bunker lab community you're working on something exciting right now don't you guys have a, a a crowdfunding campaign yes
1: so right now we've launched a crowdfunding campaign and some background on that right so you know, back then I said, man, you know, I'll, I'll never do a crowdfunding campaign. That's like, you no, know, like product, you know, like, like products, like microphones and skateboards and stuff like that. Right. And so I'm gonna give a lot of credit to another Bunker Labs guy, Anthony Gant. So Anthony Gant's company, Ease, it's like a, I want to say it's like Airbnb for military and Right. And just by accident, and this is why I pointed a few of your stuff out there. He did a post on LinkedIn where he showed his crowdfunding stuff. Right. I'm like, what, what's this? And he raised like, I think back in like $300,000. Right. I said, Whoa! Yeah, wait, please wait, please what's, what's, what's going on here? Right? Let me let me investigate this. Right? So I talked to them, Right? Okay. Let me let me try this crowdfunding thing. So I'm doing the crowdfunding thing now. Right? And it's been really going go well so far. Right? Uh, a lot of people sharing it. You know, and that's another thing back to the networking stuff. So with, with my um, social media, you know, presence, I've had like ten people do, like videos for me, sharing all the kind of stuff. Right? But um, we, we had some great perks like doing T-shirts, di- different gifts, discounted HR. Uh, you can maybe potentially host my podcast with me and that kind of stuff, right? But it's going to go to, I believe, April 28th and, uh, you can donate or share at HTTPS Cavendishr.co slash crowdfunding. And I really appreciate your support.
0: Where else can people find you at?
1: Well, I don't, I don't want to sound like, like, you know, like a arrogant person, but if you can't find Jason Cavendish, you probably don't have, you probably don't have the internet, right? But, uh. Uh, Jason Cabnis, Cabnis HR, on like anywhere, like LinkedIn, Snapchat. I have a TikTok account. I do blog posts. All these. <laughs> you things. got
0: Snapchat and
1: TikTok. Yeah, now TikTok, like, no me wrong. There's some trash on there, right? There's a lot of good stuff on there. Like one guy I follow, he's like seventy years old. He's a psychiatrist. Each day, he does a, a, psych, a, t- a psychiatry tip in both Spanish and English. There's another lady on there. Um, I can't recall her name, but she's a big presence on LinkedIn. She does a daily self self tip on there. There's there's a lot of great stuff on there. Don't get me wrong, you got to go through the trash sometimes, but you know you still got to follow the right people. There's some there's some good stuff on there. And my, my thing is like, if Gary Vaynerchuk's on, on a platform, you should probably be on there too.
0: Jason is getting it, y'all. He's on TikTok, Snapchat. Uh, what's the other one now? Uh, Clubhouse. Yeah, Clubhouse. LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been fun, man. And we we look forward to supporting you on your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, help, hopefully, we'll get you back on here to let us know how the, the crowdfunding campaign went and to do a little teaching in one of our office hours about what it takes to to launch a, a startup. Yes, Mike. To bootstrap a startup. Yeah,
1: this was a lot of fun.
0: And for our listeners, do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite listening service, uh, your favorite podcast hosting platform. We greatly appreciate it. And if you want to get plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem, visit www.bunkerlabs.org, select the city nearest to you, sign up for our local newsletter, and attend one of our networking events. It's that simple. From there, be sure to get connected at Bunker Online, where you can learn more about our many different programs to support your entrepreneurial journey. We have programs that'll take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to grow alongside others, founders, and CEOs. Register today by clicking connect at bunkerlabs.org. Jason, again, it was a pleasure having you here. Until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.